Hey friends, we are the Bad Apple Divas. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Joyce. We like booze, true crime, and ghost stories. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So sit back, relax, and let's have a drink. Hi guys. Welcome to episode 20. (laughs) (laughs) We have special guests today. Oh really? Who are they? It's morbidly intoxicated. Oh, that's us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we were morbidly intoxicated for a second there. I thought I had the fabulous purple hair. So, hi, how are you, lady? Good. How are you? Well, welcome to uh. Well, I guess it's not welcome. We all live in Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> it's a warm day. How are you guys enjoying your spring day? It is <laughs> warm. I had to go buy shorts because it's only what is it? It's. What month is this? May? It's May. <laughs> What's it? May? I already had to go buy shorts because it's like 105. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's really sunny today. Yeah. Satan's <laughs> After a sauna. So this is exciting. So, so everybody, we have Morbidly Intoxicated on the pod. There are two fabulous ladies. And if you're listening here, I'm sure you love true crime. They're a true crime podcast. They left yes. a drink. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So you should be listening to them. So go subscribe. Do you want to shout out some handles? TikTok, all that good stuff? Oh yeah, we just posted our first TikTok today. (laughs) Sierra's rolling her eyes at me. (laughs) Yeah, um, so we have Instagram, which is... Morbidly Intoxicating. uh, I think it's pod. pod? Yeah. I always forget. We have... um, Morbidly Intoxicated pod. We have our our Twitter, which is Morbidly Intox. We couldn't fit the entire thing. <laughs> and then we have Facebook, which is just Morbidly Intoxicated Podcast. And then our tw- our Twitter, our TikTok, I think, is Morbidly Intoxicated Podcast as well. Yeah. Well, you guys ever do like an act, you can call yourself like a morbidly detoxicated or something like that? <laughs> Detox? We do like um, little things at the end of the episode. Yeah. Detoxes. Yeah. Our sobering up segment. Sobering up. Or if we do like lighter episodes, because some of our episodes are really dark. Yeah, <laughs> like toy so box. We'll do a ni- a nice How they cleanse their room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. Exactly. exactly. So since uh, today's our episode twenty, end of the season, so we figure you know. Season finale. Yeah, we figure oh, we have some special guests. Oh my gosh, do you guys do seasons? Well, it's That's our so first awesome. season, so we're going to. That's awesome. <laughs> do you guys like? take a break after this or? so we are gonna take a break after this get more info uh, ready and then we'll go into it that's smart, that's we, smart. we're not telling you how many episodes season two is because we haven't decided yet <laughs> <laughs> 20 20 is good for your first like season though yeah, yeah. We, we were it was 18. a long stretch to 20 i can't believe we made it this far well a lot of fruits have it episodes. i'm not gonna lie <laughs> those things kind of sprung up because Someone wanted a fruit salad on our pod. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna. If you listen to the last episode, uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I'm st- I would like to apologize once again for episode 19. <laughs> that was not our decision. <laughs> I just have to say, I love your guys's fruit salad episodes, I think they're so fun. Like, <laughs> she's giving me That's a face. Awesome. We were like thinking nobody listened to yeah. that. Yeah, like I think we're the only ones who listen to our fruit, oh, salad. fruit salad. Everyone's just like, give us, give us ghost stories, give us a true cry. <laughs> we, we did have care. some people say that, like, oh, fruit salad, we're gonna skip it. Yeah, that's how we feel about some of our detoxes. We get Aww. worried and we're like, well. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- I feel like, you know, even if no one's listening, it's something nice that you two like, so why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. We get- 
Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, so, so season finale, we're going to end it on a true crime, especially Wolf since Morbid the Intoxicated has so lovingly joined us out today. Yes. The, the, what do you call this? The noise? The oh, we uh, hope that the ambience is not picking up too much. It's really echoing here. We didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we all met up at a tea shop and stuff. Eating some dumplings. Oh, they're good. They're some good. Some tea. <laughs> Drinking some tea. Fusion tea lounge. Fusion tea lounge. Where are we? <laughs> Where are we right now? Oh We're at Jody Arias's ex-boyfriend's house. <laughs> he broke it. He broke it. There's ghosts, guys. There's a lot of ghosts. <laughs> so we have a true crime today. If it sounds a little different, it's because. It's not based on in Mexico for once. For, for once, <laughs> for once. <laughs> and for once, I had to do the research for a true crime. So, and, and we're gonna both uh, tell you guys, you know, this time. Yeah, we're we're gonna present it to Lily and Sierra. Awesome, we're excited. Uh, we we found something, and we're we're hoping it's new to you guys. It's a it's an older case from the early 1900s. It's a based in Arizona. Oh, I thought you know okay. that'd be nice, since you know, for Arizona gals, how about we have an Arizona yeah. episode, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Shall we get into it? Let's get into it, Joyce. Ooh, I'm so scared. Hey, why am I scared? I, I did the research. I know. <laughs> I didn't say that. I did the research. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna impress yourself again, Dina. Am I? Oh, I wrote this like a month ago. You're going to shock yourself. I already forgot. To be honest, I forgot most of it. So <laughs> let's get into it. All right. Arizona is truly gorgeous with its picturesque mountains, breathtaking desert landscape, and welcoming residents. However, beneath this tourist-friendly facade is a dark underbelly of death and murder. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's so funny that you say this because we have a Chinese pen pal, and that's like literally all she thinks. She's like, oh, she she thinks of cowboys and and like gunfights and... And oh, you ride horses to school, and There's I'm like, yes, that's exactly where. And that's no, <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> so when I moved, when I first moved here, I'm from California, Mexico, you know. Me too. So when I first moved here. There's this area that has like dunes uh, and near Yuma, like yeah. right before you come. So I was driving, and I'm like, wow, is this where it's going to look like, you know? And then I kept driving, and it became normal again. So I'm like, okay. But I did think it was just cactus and, you know, desert. <laughs> like a dead cow skull. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. You know what? This offends me to the core as, exactly as the, the Arizona native of this group, you know? <laughs> it wounds me. Her too, oh, yeah. Arizona oh, yeah. native. Oh, yeah. We're weird. The Joyce isn't the Sierra's and the Lily's and the Priscilla's. Yeah. Those are the same. Yeah. Right. Uh, these true crimes from Arizona might make you think twice before heading on a family road trip to the Valley of the Sun. You may have heard of Arizona's most notorious killers, including Jody Arias <laughs> and Pamela Phillips. But did you know about Winnie Ruth Judd? A married woman who killed her two best friends, chopping up their bodies all because they slept with her boyfriend and then stuffing their bodies in the trunk for Los Angeles, California? She became known as the trunk murderess. But what really happened that night? Well, you go, girl. I would have done the same. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like she had good motives. I know. I mean. Meanwhile, I'm over here with my mouth wide open like... <laughs> she did what? That's how us native Arizonans do. Yeah. yeah. That's bad Don't be sleeping with my man. Just <laughs> like, I'm like, 
can we say certain things on the spot? Just say it, I'll beep you. <laughs> you never beep me. You're such a lie, you just keep it in. Actually, yeah, sure. I used to beep you, and now I just put explicit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 90 years ago, in 1931, it was a murder so brutal and salacious, it became a well-known part of Phoenix history. Winnie Ruth McKinnell was born in 1905 in Darlington, Indiana, the daughter of a Methodist minister. At the age of 19, she married Dr. William Judd, age 41, a man 22 years her senior. Oh yeah, the old man. <laughs> yes. The couple. <laughs> the couple moved frequently, looking for work. Their travels took them all over the United States and Mexico, before settling in Los Angeles, Angeles, L.A. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> her husband had become a drug addict, and Winnie Rudd was diagnosed with tuberculosis. In 1930, she left Los Angeles, Angeles <laughs> and her husband for the dry air of Phoenix. Back then, Phoenix was a small city in the desert, in the middle of a Great Depression. Those with status were in power and control. That was the men mentality at the time. It was a man's world, which I think maybe is still the mentality. Right, has that changed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, how did that change, right? I don't know if it's, you know, that 1930s, 2030s, is something you just she found a job as a secretary at the local Bernal <laughs> Clinic and befriended X-ray technicians Agnes Ann Leroy, age 32, and Hedvig Sammy Samuelson, age 24. The, the girls became roommates and spent many nights playing cards and entertaining local businessmen. What do you mean, entertain? Yeah. <laughs> 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 a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Winnie Ruth became involved with a local lumber giant, Happy Jack Halloran. Both are still married. She moved out of the girls' apartments and into her own a few blocks away. However, the ladies' nights gatherings continued. Scandalous. Mm. Scandalous. Mm. Why everybody have like nickname back there, you notice? I've noticed that too, like researching like older cases, I'm like, there's a lot of nicknames, like even from the nineties, like Yeah, everybody has everyone. If a name like Agnes, I would wanna Right. <laughs> right. As we as we offend any Agneses out there right now. <laughs> Sorry Agnes is like, Sorry Agnes. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Sorry, Agnes. You're gonna know one star review from an Agnes. <laughs> I love my name. How dare you? I don't need a nickname. <laughs> you you should yeah, you, you should have you ever had a nickname? <laughs> okay. Nothing like that. No? You guys ever had a nickname when you were little? Um, Happy, glowy. My my mom called me crazy. <laughs> because I I like talked all the time. I run around, do... I, I was crazy. Oh, so nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sisters call me Cece. Oh, okay. oh really? That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. you guys? Yeah, I did have... No, I think the priest is like the shorter Priscilla. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my mom just calls me Joycey, so. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I legitimately, like, you know, she always called me Joycey my whole life. So, like, one day I, my mom is, like, from Hong Kong, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, like, first generation Arizona American, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Mom, do you know how to say my name? <laughs> and she's like, it's Joyce. I'm like, all right, just making sure. <laughs> just, just wanted to, I was like, maybe you thought you were naming me Joycey on the birth certificate, but. She said Joyce. Yeah, it's like Joyce instead. But some kind nurse out there was like, we'll call her Joyce. She'll grow up and be happier this way. She's like, no, I know it's Joyce. I'm like, all right, just making sure. So like, I just. Don't just had to double check. She <laughs> don't want to admit it, but she thought that that's how you write it. No, she's like, I want a Joycey. J-O-I-C-E. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, on Friday night of October 16, 1931, Winnie Ruth went to her friend's apartment for dinner and drinks. What happened next became an enduring and sensationalized part of history. An argument between the friends broke out. An argument between the <laughs> friends broke out over what is still unclear. Jack Halloran, money, other women. A .25 caliber handgun was pulled and all the three women were shot. Winnie Ruth in her left hand, Agnes Ann Leroy and Hedwig Sammy Samuelson, both fatally, fatally, fatally. fatally. That's where we get our outtakes from. <laughs> Priscilla, Priscilla, me struggling with words. Ours is like people that come in the background and we have to stop because it's they're like shouting. Yes. I'm glad you left the birds in. in oh, yes. I love the birds. I'm like, it sounds like such a Disney Wonderland. <laughs> Man, the like, like, dark birds. Like, and then Kirk Cobain was found dead, and we think it's her. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, no. Man, there's there's always people, like, if we record later in the evening, there's people, like, running back and forth and screaming, and we're just like, do you want to hear about Manny Clifton? Do so according to prosecutors, after the two women were murdered, the body of Agnes Ann Leroy was jammed intact into a large black shipping trunk. As for Samuelson, whose body was supposedly too heavy and would not fit into the trunk, Judd and an accomplice dismembered her body, the body of Samuelson, stuffed the head, torso, and lower legs into the black shipping trunk, with the upper legs plate being placed in a black valise and hat box. Valise? The light? I think that's what I say. I don't know what a valise is, but it was shoved in there, guys. (laughs) It's a box. Two days after the murder, on Sunday, October 18th, Judd boarded the Golden State Limited passenger train from Phoenix's Union Station with the trunks containing the body. With her left hand bandaged from a gunshot wound, she traveled overnight to L.A., Upon arrival at 7.45 the next morning, the trunks were immediately under suspicion because of a foul odor detected by station personnel as well as fluids escaping from the trunk. <laughs> mm, fluids, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> thinking, at the, wait, thinking at first the trunks contained contraband such as a dead deer, the baggage attendant, Arthur V. Anderson, wanted the trunks open and tagged them to be held. He asked Judd for the key, but she stated she didn't have it with her. Could you imagine being that that train personnel and opening up that trunk? Literally. Also, the fact that she like put them on a train hurts cracks me up. Yeah. It's like checking them at the airport. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, Interesting plan. I don't know when X-ray machines were created because I mean, like in the early 1900s, you could get away with anything. Yeah. Like, she should. She should put them on the train. Put it's on the train. No one's questioning it. <laughs> it's just a dead deer or contraband, you know. <laughs> I mean, like hunting back then, you know. I wonder why they would be like dead deer almost equals contraband. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do with a dead deer? I think it was a thing about selling like, the pelts or something. Yeah. yeah. Skin it at first, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to put the, the, whole whole dead, the whole Bambi in a box. You know? <laughs> oh, no. Bambi. <laughs> Bambi's mom is that better. Bambi's mom. Okay, that's so <laughs> more accurate. Because she, she already died. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Burton McKinnell, Judd's brother and a junior at the University of Southern California, picked Judd up from the train station, unaware of the crimes or the bodies. At around 4.30 that afternoon, Anderson called the L.A. Police Department to report the suspicious trunks. After picking the locks of each trunk, the police discovered the bodies. 
Meanwhile, Judd's brother had dropped his sister off somewhere in LA when she, where she proceeded to disappear. On Monday evening, October 19, the Phoenix police entered the bungalow where Leroy and Samuelson resided for the first time. Neighbors and reporters were also allowed and subsequently destroyed in the original integrity of the crime scene. The following day, the bungalow's landlord took out ads to be placed in the Arizona Republic and the Phoenix Evening Gazette. Newspapers informing the public that tours of the home were available for 10 cents per person. That's a pretty good price. <laughs> Joyce, if something happens to me, I don't clean my crime scene, I'll let you do it too. 25 cents? No. $25. Okay. Well, I hope there's never a crime scene. Okay, first of all. In the next three weeks, hundreds of curiosity seekers toured the three-room bungalow. During the trial, Judd's defense prote protested by stating, by the advertisements in the newspaper, the entire population of Maricopa County visited that place. Oh my god. There's a lot of people in Maricopa. I know. Maricopa's big. That's insane. Like, I, you know what, what kind of blizzard mine was that the Arizona Republic was, was around back <laughs> <laughs> It happened around a long time. Yeah. I never realized this. You know, I'm Good for our newspaper. <laughs> the police maintained the two women were shot while asleep in their beds. The two mattresses were missing the night the police entered. Although one mattress was later found with no blood stains on it a mile away, wait, miles away in a vacant lot. The other remained missing. No explanation was ever offered as to why one was found so far away, nor whatever became of the other mattress. The trial began January 19, 1932, three months after the bodies had been discovered in the trunks at the Maricopa County Courthouse in downtown Phoenix. The state argued that Judd acted with premeditation, that their relations between the three women had deteriorated over some weeks, and that they argued over the affections of Jack Halloran. According to the prosecution, all of this cumulated, culminated, culminated. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. <laughs> this is why our pod suffers. We can't read. <laughs> According to prosecution, all of this culminated with the murders. They maintained that Judd had self-inflicted a gunshot wound to her left hand to try to bolster her self-defense explanation. Judd's defense took the stance that she was innocent because she was insane, but did not introduce the self-defense argument for the record. None of the dismember, dismembering aspect of the double slaying was addressed in court because Judd was tried only of the murders of Mrs. Leroy, whose body was not dismembered. Judd did not take the stand in her own defense. What? They only charged her for one murder? And when did she get rid of these mattresses? I'm just imagining her like hauling a mattress <laughs> miles away and How, like and no so one saw this. Like, I'm gonna sleep on this mattress no, now. No saw her How big was the mattress? That's what <laughs> I want. Even a twin size mattress is like... Okay. Okay. <laughs> the jury found her guilty of first degree murder on February 8, 1932. An appeal was unsuccess unsuccessful. unsuccessful. <laughs> An appeal was unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. <laughs> An appeal was unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. Can't do it. <laughs> An appeal was unsuccessful. It didn't work. Okay. <laughs> Judd was sentenced to be hanged. Hang? What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, are you like hung? Joyce, what's wrong with your grammar? <laughs> well, it is Arizona, so. Judd was sentenced to be hanged February 17, 1933, and sent to Arizona State Prison in Florence, Arizona. <laughs> the death sentence was repealed after a 10-day hearing found her mentally incompetent. She was then sent to Arizona State Asylum for the Insane in April 24, 1933. 
Days before her execution, Winnie Ruth was called back to the courtroom for an insanity, insanity hearing. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> too much fancy words, you know? That's yes. why normally I write it, so it's like, you know, um, to my understanding. <laughs> I wrote it and I still can't read my own writing, you know? <laughs> Culmination. Like, who uses such words? <laughs> In 1933, she was found to be insane and moved from prison to the Arizona State Mental Hospital. During her 38-year stay, she managed to escape from the hospital seven times. You're kidding me. Yeah, Ruth became an escape artist. During her 30 years, or 30 plus years of incarceration from 1933 to 1971, she continuously gave the place to slip, usually for a brief period of time, then ultimately for nearly seven years. <laughs> How? Yeah, she, she's that a little... security guard was sleeping on the job. <laughs> she's, right. she's a little... She's like, a dude's him. She's, she's, she <laughs> she's got a long list. She was passing Snickers to, to the police officers. Like, hey, let me out. Come on. Some Snickers. <laughs> the board of directors babbled. They could not figure out how she was able to duck out despite precautionary measures. Years later, after she was given official freedom, Ruth admitted that one Thai nurse who realized injustice handed to her had given her a key to the front door. Wow. <laughs> the injustice, she killed two people. <laughs> right. But did oh, she? Maybe let's have She was job. cheated on. She had a, you know, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh my. I got some questions. She gave her the key. Like, well, you know what, Lily? I, I have to say, I don't think you'll get the answer. <laughs> Just letting you know. Between 1939 and 1962, Ruth escaped seven times. Only. <laughs> Only seven times. That's not that. She just walked out the door. Was it really an escape? Well, <laughs> she had the key. She, had the key right? she did the work of convincing her to escape, so that's work. Okay, okay, okay. First escaped October 24, 1939, for six days. She returned on her own. <laughs> She's like, I'm hungry. I'm just gonna die. I'll feed you. It's too hot out here. It's they're having peace stroganoff that night. Oh I'm gonna return for peace stroganoff. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the lady on TikTok who does the thing where it's like, Oh, if you were kidnapped, why would your kidnappers return you? And it's just her and she's like, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm hungry. hungry. No, Ooh, I haven't seen that your one. Breath, your breath stinks. Is that your dog? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> it's so funny. This is her last freaking TikTok. I regret this. Second escape, December 3, 1939, for several days. Grabbing a bus to Yuma, Arizona, 180 miles away, police found her there. For this escape, she was put into solitary confinement for 24 months. Whoa. Retained barefooted and in pajamas. That's a long time to be in solitary confinement. I know. Third escape, May 11, 1947, for 12 hours. She escaped in broad daylight, but was picked up that night hiding on the grounds at a nearby resort. Which one? Which resort? I don't know. <laughs> it's the Gila River. <laughs> she was trying to gamble. What if, what if she was at like some fancy, it was like the Scottsdale Princess or something? Oh my gosh. She's getting a manicure, like, hold up. Don't, like, don't arrest me. Nails dry first. Yeah, I can, let, let me get my nails done real quick. For people that don't know, Scottsdale is extra bougie. It's so uh, boo unnecessarily bougie, right? It means Snobsdale. 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 Sorry. Arizona. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. They know. They know. <laughs> They're not they, mad about being called that. They gave themselves that nickname. people. <laughs> I don't care if you hate us, Scottsdale people. Come at me. At Nervalica. No. <laughs> That's Priscilla's IG in case anyone wants to know. Oh, we're good. You don't know how to spell it. So. We tagged you in a picture on it. I know. 
<laughs> All right, so the fourth escape, November 29th, 1951, for just a few hours, authorities located her stuck in Phoenix. You know? In traffic, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Behind some stage. Like, oh, I shouldn't have left at 4 o'clock. Darn that rush hour. Those horses are not moving fast. <laughs> oh, my God. The fifth escape, February 2nd, 1952, for a total of five days, while on the lamb. I don't even know what a road right there. On the lamb? On the lamb. On the lamb. Oh, well, <laughs> well, on the lamb. <laughs> she remained at a betting's friend's home. And the sixth escape, oh, half one of the seventh escape, Priscilla. <laughs> for the sixth escape, November 23rd, 1952, for two days, escaped after Thanksgiving dinner and was found by the police in the home of a friend. She's going to have her holiday. She has to walk out with dinner, you know? Yeah, yeah, who are all these friends? Yeah, like, she, oh, she got, it's probably the nurse who gave her the key. <laughs> she, got, she got too many friends. She's like, come on out for Thanksgiving. Where are they friends? They're friends. Why are they not friends? They're the boyfriends. Ooh, all her boyfriend is a happy jack. <laughs> oh my god. That man better have been hot, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was I was like imagining like a, I don't know, like a I said he was a lumber giant, but I don't really know what that means. I mean, was he <laughs> like is that a euphemism or <laughs> it's Ron Sonson from Parks and Rex. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say a George Thune type of like, oh, into that. Hmm. <laughs> For the, her final and seventh escape. It was in October 8, 1962, for six and a half years. Oh Tra- Trace. Tracing. Uh, tracing. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So. It's just like bouncing around. Yeah. <laughs> like bouncing around. Was like, bouncing around, you know, like, do, do, do. Traipsing around Arizona for several months, hiding out, particularly in Kingman. Nobody goes there. Nobody goes <laughs> there. <laughs> There goes our other, like, two viewers that we have. She know. should have just hidden in Tucson. Right. Yeah. It's closer. Florence, you know, it's kind of like... Oh, yeah. Ruth wound up in Oakland, California. There she utilized a pseudonym. Marion Lane. And even dared to apply at an employment agency for a local job. Oh, my her God. Her brother was financing her. But she wished to make it a goal of it on her own, passing herself <laughs> off as a maid servant. Ruth was hired by the extremely wealthy Nichols family of San Francisco to serve as both maid and sitter for the aging matriarch. Matriarch? Matriarch. Matriarch. Affectionately uh, call her Mother Nichols. Also, she even got to live a good life. <laughs> Did she? Well, Are I mean, you sure? <laughs> at least she was in a well, you know, wealthy place. Yeah. Her employer lived in a huge mansion overlooking the Bay Area. Up in years, she found Marion Lane, the ideal helper and companion. <laughs> Ruth worked hard but loved it. She tended to the laundry, the cooking, the general house cleaning, and when Mother Nichols enter, er, entertained, the setting up of delicate lunch yawns and afternoon teas, Ruth was in heaven. <laughs> For six and a half years. <laughs> yeah, right. Ruth, when, when the old lady passed away just before Christmas of 1967, the Nichols' relatives invited Marion to stay with them in a cottage they owned on their property north of San Francisco. Police found her there on June 27, 1969. They had traced her through the records of the state's driver's license bureau. She was extradited back to Phoenix Asylum in 1969. Judd demanded a sanity hearing and, uh, and that her case be reviewed by the state parole board. Her case was reopened in October of 1969. Parole was denied. A second parole hearing was called. 
Early morning, December 21st, 1971, Governor of Arizona, Jack Williams, put pen to paper. That evening, Ruth walked out of the asylum, this time without dodging the lights. Upon her release, Winnie Ruth returned to the Northern California as Marion Lane. She was, in, in, she was instructed never to tell her story or talk about any part of it ever again. Winnie Ruth Judd died in her sleep on October 23rd, 1998, at the age of 93. I was seven years old. Shut oh, up. oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that's the story of a uh, Winnie Ruth Judd. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. I feel like she had it pretty good. Yeah. Murdering I know. Two people. Yeah. She had a key to a prison. She had a good job. She lived in a cottage from a rich family who just liked her. And then, and then the she died. Just like lets her walk out and right. it's like, don't tell anybody. And then like, she died peacefully in her sleep. Right. Like. So what do you think? Well, do you think she did it? At least I mean, she was a part of it. She brought her under the who train. Who else right? did that? Right. Yeah, I think she had something to do with it, but... She probably had a little help, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially if there's, like, uh, two women, how can she fight them off, right? Right, yeah. yeah. But that's why she's like, got some help from Happy Jack, shot myself in the hand, let's go, baby. I think that's a weird... Like, I get it, you're trying to, like... It's supposed to be a defense wound, but... I I don't know, I feel like that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to shoot your help. She shot herself in the left hand. Yeah, so that's, like, apparently one of the, like... Biggest killers of Arizona. That's crazy. That's not too bad. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> compared to, you know, more recent killings and such, you know. So, yeah. So, that's our story that we wanted to tell you, ladies. It was really good. Was good. Yeah. yeah. I liked yeah. it. She had a whirlwind life here. All these escapes. Like, I, enough for yeah. Good for her, right? I'm a, right. Yeah. Good for I'm a little she shocked. She <laughs> dinner one time. <laughs> She, I, she was in comfy pajamas one time. You know? She has all these friends. Yeah, like, lots of friends. <laughs> I have like, me while you're on the run. I don't even think if I was put in prison, I don't even think she would let me come stay with her. <laughs> it depends on what you were put in there for. <laughs> He's literally like, I just killed some of my friends. Can I come over, Sierra? <laughs> Sarah's like, mm, probably not. <laughs> Depends. Is that a bloodlust still there? <laughs> or is it out of your system? Will you, you, know? will you give me the key of the door if you can? Yeah, why not? Yeah, if okay. I was a police chick dude or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, here's the key, Priscilla. Come and go as you please. I won't tell on you. <laughs> I won't tell on you. Can I come over for Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> Just bring me back an iced coffee. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 I don't McDonald's or anything. I'll bring you tequila. How about okay. that? Oh, there you go. I don't get any Uber Eats out here, okay? <laughs> yeah, and that to was switch it up, We're going to do a recommendation of the week, but it's not going to be by us. Oh, is it because I have junk taste? Is it because we always go, <laughs> go to Mexican food? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I fucking love Mexican food. I could eat Mexican food for every meal every day. Yeah, that's our recommendation. <laughs> say, well, how about you two recommend? Is it going to be a Mexican place? I am so upset with her Tex-Mex bullshit. <laughs> Get oh, out of here. Oh. Yes, with chilies. <laughs> Tex-Mex. Chilies. I'm no. there with the margaritas. I thought you would recommend. Oh, yeah, Tampopo. Yeah, Tampopo down in Tempe. I like Tampopo. It's ramen. It's next door. I would, if I'm recommending Mexican food, I always recommend mangoes. Down the down the street on Country Club in Maine, I in, think. In downtown Mesa. Yeah, in downtown yeah. Mesa. Working on <laughs> heat and stuff. We've been wanting to go. One of these, we'll end up going. 
Yeah, we'll make the drink. Season two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, so yeah, I hope you listeners out there enjoyed our time with Morbidly Intoxicated. Thanks for coming out, ladies. Yes. Thank you for you, inviting you us. You ladies are amazing. We love You're it. Uh, do you want to shout your handles one more time just in case? Where can people find you? You guys need to listen yes. to that. So at Instagram at Morbidly Intoxicated Pod. That was weird. We should never <laughs> do that again. <laughs> that was really cute. Very cool. You don't want to talk in unison. <laughs> um, Twitter? Morbidly Intox. Uh, Facebook? Morbidly Intoxicated Podcast. And then our TikTok? Morbidly Intoxicated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, our, our, and our YouTube page, so we haven't posted anything on because oh, yeah. we need cameras. So. Dude, it's weird. We're like the same. We, we steal steal handles, never use them. Well, <laughs> and you can find our podcast on like anywhere. Yeah, Spotify, Apple yeah. Podcasts, Google. You can literally type it into Google and it pops up like a whole bunch of shit that's not even on Anchor. Oh. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Whatever. Cool, we'll we'll tag them if you, you know, you want to easy, easier like me. Yeah. Like, We'll tag you on the Insta. Yeah, listen to the other half on our channel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to tell Joyce and Priscilla. Yeah, we, we got a little twist going on, plot twist. Dun, They're going to tell dun. us a story as well, so you got to go there now and listen to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> I'm so intrigued. What's it going to be about, guys? Uh, it's a couple disappearances, actually. Three. The second one. Ooh, the second one <laughs> makes me mad. <laughs> Alright, well, thanks for listening, peoples. And now we're gonna say bye because you know. Yeah, save it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs> As we wave to each other. <laughs>